Hello and welcome to this week's edition of SBC This Week, a roundup of news and views from around the Southern Baptist Convention. SBC This Week is hosted by Amy Whitfield and Jonathan Howe. Hey Jonathan, how's it going? It's going fine. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. It really is, isn't it? We got it's some uh, snow here this week, a little bit. Yeah, just, Not, nothing just to a write little. Home about, just but a it little. Was, just... It was neat to look out my window and see snow. That was kind of right, cool. Right, right. Flo- just floating around in the air. Kind yes. Of. Yes, so that's always fun. And you were here in Nashville for uh, kind of a home week, whatever you want to call it, uh, where, you, where you come to town uh, once on a month. On site. So, yes. In the office, yes. Yes, on site working this week instead yes. of manning the Wake Forest branch of the executive committee. That's correct. That's correct. Yes. The, so. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was it was really nice to be there and enjoyable to be in Nashville at this time of year and to spend some time with my parents and see friends. It was a good time. Yeah, and we talked about it last week. You got to go see Behold the Lamb of God. I did at the Ryman. And I have to tell you, so this was my eighth time to see it, fourth time at the Ryman, and then I've seen it four times in North Carolina, hands down, best one ever that I've seen. Mm, it was it's just- the best one. Really, it was really incredible. Just kind of one of those nights where all the cylinders were firing. You know, it was really well done. And then you just could sense the emotion in the room because it was their 20th year. And so it just was so meaningful to them. And just to be present for that was really, really special as they did that together. And uh, I was excited. I missed it in North Carolina. wasn't able to go to the one here, but that's okay because you know the Ryman. I wouldn't even call that a consolation prize. Yeah, it's it's kind of like you got upgraded to first class. I did. I did. You missed one for, flight for and got upgraded year. on the next one to first yes. class, and it got there earlier. It's it's that kind of yes, that kind a of win thing. there. Yeah. So, all right. Well, that's awesome. I know you had a lot of fun. I watched it on the live stream. I think the live stream may still be available if folks want to go and, and watch the live stream of the concert part. So, yeah, let's uh, throw that. Let's throw that link in there just yeah. so they they can. I think you can now at this stage you can get it to just see the second half, yeah. like the the part that's Which is actually worth the behold the, the lamp. money anyway. It is. So. It is, and it'll be available through January, I believe. All right, so let's jump into it. Amy, you and I have a new co-worker at the Executive Committee. Peter Giannis has been named the Executive Director of Asian American Relations and Mobilization. Yes, so we announced that this week. This is a partnership jointly funded by the EC and the North American Mission Board. And this is similar. We had an announcement a few weeks back of uh, Julio Ariola as the executive director of Hispanic relations and mobilization. This is same type of role, Asian American relations and mobilization. And the primary focus is to bring more Asian American churches into the Southern Baptist family. Yeah. And I met Peter and his wife, Irene, a couple of weeks ago when they were here, uh, you know, final interviews, those kind of things. And Peter comes to the executive committee from the Philadelphia area. He's been serving as the interim senior pastor at South Jersey Bible Church international in Pittman, New Jersey, just across the state line over there. And uh, as, like we mentioned, he was at the North American Mission Board as a catalytic language missionary and a church planning catalyst with the Baptist Convention of Pennsylvania, South Jersey. So uh, very familiar to many in Southern Baptist life, and we are excited about him coming to the executive committee to help uh, work with Asian American relations and mobilization. Very cool. Yes. I'm looking forward to meeting Peter. As you said, you got to meet him. I haven't yet, but... Uh, I'm guessing that after the first of the year, the next time I am on site, I will get a chance to connect with him. 
All right. Well, that moves us down to South Carolina. Amy, I saw this online the other day. South Carolina Baptists have been running a Christmas ministry in the prisons in South Carolina, where they have been giving out prisoner gifts every year for the past 40 years. Yeah, I didn't know about this. Same. I had no idea it existed. It's completely... Very, very cool. Just a ministry. It's been flying under the radar. So it's a it's this prisoner packet ministry, and they get collected throughout the year. Uh, gifts, you know, all year long, packaged and delivered during the Christmas season. And every association commits to getting sort of a specific number of packets. So some smaller associations have 50 to 75, others get up to 1,200. And then they just pull things together like practical items, toothpaste, toothbrush, writing pads and pens, things like that. Um, But then also other sort of special things that are more personal and, you know, can connect with people on that level. And then they also get a devotional that's provided by the state association, a Christmas card. So they, they gather all of these things and then the bags get us, get put together by the associations and then they go and get delivered by, to the prison chaplains all over South Carolina. It's pretty incredible. Yeah. This year they put together 19,825 total packages. That's a lot of pens and soap and candy and envelopes and writing pads and toothbrushes and toothpaste, Amy. Yes, it is. It is. What a great way to connect with the prison population and just to realize ministry in that context is something that we forget often, but it is a mission field. I mean, these are mission fields that are in our states right now. And I've been doing some work with the Heart of Texas Foundation over the last year and just learning a lot more about that mission field. And I love knowing that this is happening, that there are ways for people to connect. Absolutely, Amy. And there's some more ministry going on over in Texas that we saw this week. Over in Austin, there's a five-acre homeless encampment near the airport that the Southern Baptist of Texas Disaster Relief Organization is really stepping in to help minister to uh, with hand-washing stations, portable restrooms, and quick-service kitchens. Yeah, this is pretty incredible. So leaders in Austin are working on trying to develop a solution to their pro- the problem of, of homelessness, but the government was looking for ways to help. You know, they, the Department of Emergency Management realized this is a problem and we've got to figure out a way to help prepare meals, things like that. And they were looking for ministries in Austin, but then realized that there was a quick response kitchen from disaster relief. And that, you know, provided an answer. So it it's pretty great to look and realize that the supplies and the infrastructure we have in our disaster relief programs can get applied in other ways. And this is an opportunity to help the homeless population there in Austin. Yes. So really cool story. There's more information about that over at Baptist Press, like all of our stories are. And then that brings us to the top Bible verse of 2019, Amy, and it is... Philippians 4, 6. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all He has done. Yeah, version Bible app. Uh, many of us probably have that on our phones. Uh, they released some stats this week about 2019, including that verse, which uh, they called the verse of the year. It was the one that was the most highlighted, most shared, most everything 
of all the verses in the Bible, that's the one. Which, uh, did you expect that verse? That that would not be on my top few. I'm not, no, I'm not surprised by that. Oh, really? You're I not? Think okay, we're in a, I was. I, I think we are living in an age of heightened anxiety. I do. Okay, that's fair. And and there are a lot of factors for that, I think. Obviously, you know, things that are going on in the world and in our nation. But I think we're also living at a time where people are doing things at a higher rate of speed. They've got more on their plate. Like, it, anxiety just seems to be a more common thread among okay. people. And so I'm not surprised at all that... So you see that, that play out in the yeah, Bible verse that's that chosen. People, I would be curious. I've not paid much attention to what the top Bible verses are of each year. And I would love to go back like, you know, 10 years and say what, and then try to think about, is there anything going on in culture that would connect yeah. with that? Yeah, uh, that's a good point. Because what you're thinking of here is what are the, I mean, people highlight things that mean something to them. Yes. And so why were more people drawn to that verse than anything else you know yeah. I mean, they're highlighting other stuff too but the one common one is that verse so i'd be curious to see what the other years are well amy also in the story it mentions that the overall increase of app use from the previous year is 30 percent more so uh, they're, they're seeing an increase in engagement in the bible seeing an increase in uh, global influence the mm-hmm. app has so that's a good thing i, I think more yes. bible engagement can only be a good thing right all right, so I have a question for you. Yes. Do you think this is greater Bible engagement, or do you think it is... Now, obviously, around the world, they're getting more engagement around the world, but do you think this is greater Bible engagement, period, or do you think this is more people starting to engage through technology as opposed to just their Bible? I think it's both. Okay. Because I, I think there's probably some shift from paper Bible to digital, I get that. Right. But I also do think that apps like the Uversion Bible app and the CS Bible app and the ESV Bible app, whatever you choose to use, I yes. have all three on my iPad and my iPhone. I think the accessibility of those only lead to greater engagement by people who may yet be engaged with a paper Bible. So I think you there get you both. Go. Yeah. I think you're right. I just wanted to throw that out there as yes. a question. I, I like, I'm just going to cut out that I think you're right part and just keep that. For we'll longevity. see. I'll 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 have to see when I listen to this since I'm not in control of the editing at all. We'll see if you cut that out or if you left. Well, all no, this I'm in. just gonna I'm gonna leave it in. There's no doubt about that. But I'm gonna right. Keep but that. if you cut out all the pieces around it and just have your right. Oh yeah. Well, say that again. <laughs> <laughs> you could just keep that clip and just drop it in in future. Uh, yes. Episodes yeah, I like that. That's whenever fantastic. Whenever you say something, just me. Yeah. I'll just drop it in there all over the place. Right. So, all right. Well, very cool. Well, that's going to do it for our news this week. Amy, that moves us to this week in SBC history. Amy, blow our minds. All right. I want to go to 1961 to a a top story of the week or top story of the issue for December 11th of that year. And it was on the first director of language work in New York City appointed by the Home Mission Board. So uh, Leobardo Estrada, pastor of the first Spanish Southern Baptist Church of Los Angeles, California, had been named to the new position, would go to New York. He also had done radio ministries in Spanish language. So they'd already done some language work in New York among uh, the Panamanian community and had constituted the first Southern Baptist Church in 
Brooklyn with 11 nationalities represented among the charter members of that church. But it was the first sort of actual position that was being established as a director of language work there. So I also have included a link to a story from last October uh, 2018, where the NAM trustees were in New York and were getting to go around all of the uh, diverse neighborhoods there, meeting with church planting missionaries in areas where, I mean, like 800 languages spoken in Queens and all of the different nationalities that were represented in New York City. And this story kind of lays out the work that NAM is doing. And I thought it would be cool to have that kind of updated what's going on in this type of ministry in New York City because they were uh, laying the groundwork for that. The Home Mission Board was kind of setting a course for the future for that type of work in New York City. In 1961, they were doing this, this week in SBC history. That's really cool. Yeah. So it's, it's really neat to see how these ministries that we, we see a lot of today right, kind of got their roots back yeah. you know, 58 years ago. Right. So Southern Baptists have been in New York for you know nearly 60 years now doing this. Right, doing this type of work. And I, I love that. And that's one of the things I enjoy about this segment. Some weeks you got to just throw out a really funny story that happened uh, or something that, that kind of catches my attention. But I enjoy those moments where you get to see the beginning of something. Because yep. we just encounter it. We're like, oh, this is what they do. But to realize what it has grown from is pretty cool. So Yeah. Well, 25 years ago today, because I'm doing a very similar moment in my daily emails, the SBC Morning Briefing. You can subscribe at sbcmorningbriefing.com. Yes. But 25 years ago today, Landrum Level announced his pending retirement from New Orleans Baptist Theological Seminary. I saw that in the briefing. Yes. That's, yeah. a, that's a pretty big deal. The Level's very, yeah. very influential. In so New Orleans we're, Seminary. we're doing something a little like this segment every day in the the morning briefing, uh, but you know, it it is neat to see those things and kind of be reminded of that twenty five, fifty, you know, sixty, eighty years ago. What, yeah, how these things happened and and what we saw then and and where they are now. So you know, your good friend Jamie Dew is now the president after uh, Chuck Kelly took over after Landrum Level. So you know, you've you've seen this. We can see these threads. I guess you could say we've throughout the history of the Southern Baptist Convention. And it's kind of neat to go back and see those moments where things kind of changed. So, Right. That's right. Very cool. Very cool. All right. Well, that brings us to our resources of the week. Amy, your resource of the week is? It is something that I have done this year for the first time and that I don't know if you're an audible listener. No, you are. We've talked about this. Yes. And so I have started listening to Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol on Audible, but Tim Curry is Ooh, I love the Tim Curry. one who reads it. He's a and great villain. So, yeah, yeah, he is. So Tim Curry, the actor, some people might know him from what would you what would you say? I, I think about well, Christmas Time Home guy, Alone. He's, he's yeah, in Home, Home Alone, Alone too. too. Like the He's the hotel, the hotel. guy. Yeah. I love you. Yes. Does that line and everything. Right. So, yes, I love Tim Curry. He's in that. He's in uh, the Three Musketeers movie, yeah. the Disney one that they did. He plays yeah. uh, Cardinal Richelieu. Is that how you say that name? Uh, I'm going to let you handle that one. Yeah, no we'll go with that. And then yes. uh, he, he's in a bunch of stuff. He's a character actor. Yeah. You've known him. You've seen him. Plays a right. great villain because he's got a great, like, 
Weasley smile. Yes, and that's just really intense British accent. And so I am enjoying it very much. You know, I had a drive last week that I was doing, and so I, I put it on. And that's just one of those things. You got to do some some classic traditions at Christmas time. And Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol is certainly a great one. So that is going to be my resource of the week. You can, if you have an Audible membership, you can do that. But you can also just get it through, you know, Amazon or, or whatever and add it and listen to it through your phone. So that's what I decided to share. Yes, Cardinal Richelieu. I was right. I'm just going to circle back to that. Again, Amy, I was right. Yes. Good job. Yes, that's right. Okay, my resource of the week is a new book from our friend Daniel Darling, The Characters of Christmas. So Dan led a staff Christmas devotion this week, uh, all staff, like in the, the entire building, the EC. We kind of had our big executive committee building Christmas party or whatever on Thursday, and Dan led and shared from the characters of Christmas and talked about the, the kings from the East that came. And so I highly recommend that. goes through all the, the different characters of the Christmas story that we, we kind of hear about. So uh, that is something that I am recommending for this Christmas season. There you go. I like it. All right. Well, that's going to do it for our show this week. We do have one more, quote unquote, I guess, regular show right. Amy, next right. week. So we'll cover the news and views somewhere around the Southern Baptist Convention next week. Then in two weeks from today, on the 27th, we will drop a episode that is our year ender, where we look yes. back on the year. We talk about Amy's most fascinating people of the year. We talk about the questions that we had at the beginning of the year and what the answers to that was. I haven't looked at those questions in a, in a bit. I, I haven't need, either. I need That's to go back my, and look at those yeah, and see what we did. One of my favorite things to do is uh, is that I. What's fascinating is a uh, one question I would not have had at the beginning of the year would be uh, what would our jobs be at the end of this year because I thought that I knew the answer to that. So that's been a big change this year. Yeah, um, we didn't see that one coming, did we? No, didn't at all. But the exercise is always fun, and I like to wait until the very end to go back and look at those questions because I can't remember what we asked. Yeah. But that, that'll be fun. Yeah, we'll drop that one on the 27th, and then on the 3rd will be our annual preview episode where we ask 10 questions for 2020. Yes. So that one will be one. Maybe we should include that question. Will we still be working at the executive committee at the end of the year? Uh, in the 2020, let's not so. do that. Let's not do that. Let's just say, yeah, that's going to happen. We don't need to ask that question. Let's just, yeah. Yeah. just go with this that. Right. Yes. So it is, it is. And, uh, so that'll be our January 3rd episode. And then January 10th will be our first quote unquote news episode yes. for the new year. Probably try to get a interview, uh, for those and start doing some more interviews here on the podcast. So now we kind of yeah. got everything squared away at the executive committee and, that's going to do it for this week, though. Amy, you have a great week leading up to Christmas. We'll see you next week. See you next week. I think you're right. 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 I think you're right.